Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? How are you doing? If you know, um, I just looked at our call screen for today when we begin to take calls at the uh, half hour mark. And then we have a whole half hour to ourselves for calls and emails and texts. And there's only a few up there, a few emails. So uh, the lines are wide open for calls if you wish to call in at that time. Uh, if you email in, We'll probably be able to take it right away or text, um, and we would love to hear from you. So this is, uh, I think, the most our lines uh, and call screen has been open, so this is a good thing. We've been trying to catch up. Um, and we have been reading, and I think I'll, we'll complete it today, um, the uh, talk from Father Linus Clovis at the RomeLifeForum.com. I still would urge you... Um, if you can, to look at RomeLifeForum.com for earlier this month, May 20th, 22nd, the most outstanding speakers you could hope for, um, two talks a day, two different um, holy men of the church per day, and then a QA and a session, so it's three sessions per day times three days are just absolutely outstanding. And the reason that I'm reading Father Clovis Um, I think I began by reading Bishop Athanasius Snyder, but um, Father Clovis has given us a way forward. And the theme is reforming our lives according to Our Lady's Call at Fatima, uh, is the title of Father Clovis's talk. The theme of the conference was uh, Coronavirus and Our Lady of Fatima. And so all the talks related to Our Lady's messages, uh, which... Not everyone really understands the fullness of, uh, including the third secret, and um, and what is happening in this, uh, what's called a pandemic or epidemic. And so I'm going to reread one paragraph from yesterday as Father Clovis uh, nears the end of his talk. He says, what is wrong with the church? And he says, the answer to that question is found in a mirror. I, he says, am what is wrong with the church. You are what is wrong with the church. We are what is wrong with the church. We fail to take God's call to holiness seriously. According to the polls, the lifestyle of Catholics is indistinguishable from that of the worldlings. In regard to the moral law, Catholics and worldlings hold the same view, if not the practice of contraception, divorce, abortion, homosexual activity, and gender ideology. Worse of all is the fact that the Church's constant and authentic teaching and beliefs on the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, on the sacraments, on the Marian dogmas, and on moral issues are either rejected by or unknown by even practicing Catholics. The sense of the sacred which has always been the hallmark of Catholic worship, is lost. It is no longer possible 
to spend quiet time in prayer after Mass. The current behavior of churchgoers, coupled with their noise level that follows the recessional hymn, matches that which one would expect at a sports event. Christ, if he is still present in the sanctuary, is no longer the focus of worship. The Wuhan pandemic, with the imposed isolation and seizure of our religious liberties, should induce us into self-reflection, which hopefully would impel us into lighting candles rather than cursing the darkness. And Father Clovis then continues, Up until this moment, it is pretty evident that generally speaking, God is in reality a low priority in the lives of people, in our own lives and in that of our family. He's talking about Catholics now. This reality was generated by a multitude of factors which include spiritual sloth, time-wasting, addiction to technical gadgets, toleration of habitual sin, silence in the face of sin, error and evil, lack of true devotion, and compromises with the world and lack of modesty as evidenced not only on the high street, but also by casual, the casual way uh, many Catholics dress for Mass. This is further compounded by the um, corybantic pursuit of money, of material possessions, of worldly honor, and social recognition. In 1916, the children of Fatima were visited on three occasions by an angel who identified himself in his first apparition as the angel of Portugal and asked them to pray. And in his second apparition, the angel indicated the necessity of sacrifices. Pray, 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 he said. Pray very much. The hearts of Jesus and Mary have designs of mercy on us. Offer prayers and sacrifices constantly to the Most High. How, asked Lucia, and the angel said, make a sacrifice of everything you do and offer it to God as an act of reparation for the sins by which he is offended and in supplication for the conversion of sinners, you will thus draw down peace upon your country. And I'll say, beloved, that a number of people call in. uh, They want to make sacrifices for their spouse, for their children, Um, for uh, all kinds of situations, and they say, I'm praying the rosary, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, all very good. But here's another further way. Make a sacrifice of everything you do and offer it to God. You're cleaning your house, offer it to God. You're wiping down the baby's high chair, offer it to God. If you don't offer it to God, it won't count. It's only with that eternal motive that it counts. And Father uh, Clovis says, in the third apparition, the angel emphasized the importance of sacrifice when he taught the children the prayer. Here is the prayer. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore thee profoundly, and I offer thee the most precious blood, body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, 
present in all the tabernacles of the world in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences with which he himself is offended, and through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of thee the conversion of poor sinners, end quote. When Our Lady appeared to the children in July 1917, she reinforced what the angel had told them. Our Lady said, Sacrifice yourselves for sinners, and say many times, especially when you make some sacrifice, O Jesus, it is for love of Thee, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Can you see that? cleaning the baby's high chair, washing dishes, sweeping the floor, and you say in your hearts, um, Oh Jesus, it is for love of thee, for conversion of sinners, and in reparation for the sins committed against the immaculate heart of Mary. Can you imagine saying that all day, offering everything you do to Jesus through the immaculate heart of Mary? Your life will change. And sinners will be saved. Father Clovis says, when asked in 1946 what Our Lady meant by sacrifices, Sister Lucia replied, by sacrifice, Our Lady meant the faithful fulfillment of one's daily duty. The rosary is important because we must pray it if we are to fulfill our daily duty. The five first Saturdays devotion is also important because if people make them they will purge themselves of sin once a month and renew their purpose to fulfill their daily duty, end quote. Our Lady later added that all that God wishes in the way of mortification is the simple, dutiful performance of one's everyday tasks and the acceptance of their difficulty and tedium. Many people imagine that penitence means the practice of great austerities, and as they have neither the strength nor the generosity to undertake such austerities, they are discouraged and fall into a life of indifference and sin. End quote. Our Lord said to me, said the lady, to, to Lucia, the sacrifice that each one can make is to do his duty and to obey my law, to obey God's law. That is a form of penance I now demand. So you see, you say, what can we do? And it's just to truly do our duty. Live our state in life. If you're a married woman, if God is first in your life, your husband will be first. God is first not in number uh, one, two, three, four, or ten, nine, eight, seven. But he's first in that he's the center of the wheel, the center of all we are and do. And if that is in right order, your spouse will be first. Husbands, your wife will be first. Wives, your husband will be first before the children. Because if they don't see you love and respect your spouse, uh, they won't learn that. They'll learn from the culture. Children learn what they see. There's the music for our first break, beloved. We'll be right back, and you can call in toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. It's always the case, always, always thrilled to be with you because we're walking this pilgrim's way together, hopefully all the way to heaven. We're just at the reaching the conclusion of Father Linus Clovis's talk from the Rome Life Forum, and we're talking about um, the fact that we, Father Clovis said, we are the problem because we don't live a life of holiness to which we're called because we look, we're in the world and of it instead of in the world and not of it. And so uh, Father Clovis is talking about a way for us to, to repair that, to bring it back to what God has intended. And he says there are many sacrifices we can offer to God. Now listen to this list. You're wondering what to offer to God. This is perfect. Our weariness that's a sacrifice that God accepts if you offer it to him. If you're just weary and you don't offer it to him and you don't um, turn your heart uh, toward heaven and say, I'm weary, Lord, but this is for you. I offer my weariness. I join my weariness with you on the cross for the salvation of souls. Our weariness, our humiliations, our disappointments, our frustrations, our tensions, misunderstandings, and you say, well, how are these are sacrifices? They're sacrifices, beloved, 
if we offer them to God. If not, they're just going to remain our sufferings. That's it, our sufferings. Whether we've caused them, whether others have caused them, it doesn't matter. But there are sufferings. But if we offer them to God, each one, then we have uh, turned our sufferings into um, what do I want? gold for the salvation of souls. And we have foiled the devil. See, take that devil. You've given me this weariness and these sufferings and this these disagreements, but I am joining it to my Lord on the cross, and it's going to save souls. You see? It's wonderful. <clears throat> Father... Uh, Clovis says, so our weariness, humiliations, disappointments, frustrations, tensions, misunderstandings, the weather when it's not to our liking, all of these, no matter how small, can be turned to our advantage by offering them to God while praying the sacrifice prayer that Our Lady taught, remembering remembering that it is not so much the size of the offering which counts, but the readiness with which it is given. I remember when I was looking into the Catholic Church and I had no understanding of this. I had no trust for the church. I came from an evangelical Protestant background. I was taught by ex-fallen away Catholics, all of that. And um, um, and my brother, uh, David, had already become Catholic 16 years before me. And I, we were talking one day about the idea of redemptive suffering, which is one of the most beautiful uh, teachings and truths of the church uh, one could have. It's just beautiful, beautiful redemptive suffering, meaning your suffering is given to God. It's not wasted. It's used for the salvation of souls. But I didn't understand it then. And I remember David when we were talking in the kitchen one day, and he said to me, because um, I had a cold at the time, he said, you could offer your cold to God. That's a sacrifice. And I, I said, that's, that's overboard. That you're, now you're going too far. What, cold? I, I, I didn't get this cold as a sacrifice. I have it. I have it. There's no sacrifice. There's no love in this cold. It's just something I need to put up with and get rid of. And David said, no. He said, that's the point. It is a suffering for you of any kind. And God accepts it if you offer it to him. It was beyond my thinking. Just beyond my thinking. But now you could see it, beloved. If you have a little three-year-old who's catching on to to um, offering everything to God, and all of a sudden as she's playing with her toys in her rooms and uh, her room, and she cuts her finger, and she comes and says, "Mommy, mommy, it hurts because it's bleeding a little bit." And she said, "But I offered it to God, mommy. I offered it to God." And your heart would just melt into a thousand pieces that you have succeeded by the grace of God and that the grace of God has come into her little soul to understand that we offer everything to God. Does it still hurt? It does. But now you've put it to work and now it has meaning. It's just so beautiful. So now Father Linus has this last little uh, subtitle and he says this is the conclusion. The onus of ridding the world of this pandemic rests entirely on us. Did you hear that? Rests entirely on us. The scriptures are replete with examples from which lessons can be learned. Nineveh repented and was spared from destruction, while Sodom and Gomorrah remained in their sin and were destroyed. 
The prophet Daniel recognizing the misfortune of the Babylonian captivity was the consequence as he recognized that the misfortune of the Babylonian captivity was the consequence of sin, lamented the fact that there was no longer any place to make offerings, sacrifices, and oblation to God, and instead begged him, uh, begged God to accept humble and contrite hearts. Likewise, David, recognizing the enormity of his sin, um, and that there, as far as he's concerned, there was no sacrifice that could erase it. Remember, the enormity of David's sin was committing adultery and murder. Um, he said there's no sacrifice that could erase it. He begged God to accept a humble and contrite heart. Therefore, in order to alleviate the burden imposed by the Wuhan pandemic, we ought first to turn to God with a humble and contrite heart. That's what God wants above all. At Fatima, Our Lady gave us the prescription for reforming our lives thus. Stop offending God. Number two, cultivate a spirit of sacrifice and mortification. Number three, diligently work and duly pray. Four, pray the rosary daily. Five, and I'll tell you, beloved, um, not everyone is very fond of the rosary. I I think it was St. Therese of Lisieux who wasn't, but it's what Our Lady has asked. And uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, um, I, I don't know that she didn't pray the rosary. It just wasn't her favorite thing. But Our Lady has asked us to. That's enough. Observe the first Saturday devotions. Consecrate. So let's see. Four, five. Observe the first Saturday devotions. Six. Consecrate oneself to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Um, and finally, wear and live the spirit of the brown scapular. Now, each of these is a subject to take up. And I think I'm going to take it up. And... Um, make a future newsletter that's completely devoted to these seven things so that we could begin to turn our lives around, teach our children, and help others to do the same. Father Clovis says, when God sees um, the efforts of his people to turn away from their sin, he is always eager to relent and welcome home the prodigal. Our sincere repentance and genuine efforts to change will draw from his merciful heart the blessing of having shepherds after his own heart. These shepherds will in turn be willing and ready to consecrate Russia in fulfillment of the request made at Fatima. Russia will be converted and God will bless us with an error of peace. That is Our Lady. Those were Our Lady's requests. They still are because they have not yet been fulfilled. And they will be fulfilled. If the Lord willed this pandemic to get our attention, it is certainly time to turn from our iniquities to seek first his kingdom and righteousness, his kingdom and righteousness, lest we fall into pits of regret. That's the most awful thing. Pits of regret. We are living in a terrible hour of chastisement, which may yet become one of great mercy if we look to Mary star of the sea, to guide us through the tempest. For nearly 200 years, 
she has shown much compassion for sinful humanity, obtaining for us um, 200 years, but my goodness, I would say 2,000. I, I wonder if um, if uh, Father meant to think there's just a zero missing in whoever typed this out. For 2,000 years, she has shown much compassion for sinful humanity, obtaining for us stupendous miracles, beginning at Rue de Bac with the miraculous medal, through to the dance of the sun at Fatima. Her motherly compassion is inexhaustible, and she assures us that the consecration of Russia will be done, that Russia will be converted, that her immaculate heart will triumph, and that we will be blessed with an error of peace. End of Father Lioness's talk. These things will happen, beloved, but how soon they happen, how the road to their happening, uh, Father Clovis says, is dependent on us. I absolutely agree. How could I not? It's dependent on our turning to holiness. I truly, and people could say, well, look at the world and look at, look at this one in the church and that one in the church and look at all this. That no, don't do it. Don't do it. Look in the mirror. Father Clovis says, look in the mirror. What are we doing? What are we failing to do? Do we walk through life all day praying for sinners, offering our lives to God? We need to have heaven in mind all day. And whatever we do, whatever we say, whatever we don't do and don't say, needs to be based on our focus on Our Lady's request and on God's love for us. Every single thing. We need to reform our lives from the moment we get up in the morning to the moment we go to bed at night. We need to reform our lives. Our lives need to be a gift to God, a holy sacrifice to God. The scriptures talk about the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of praise that we are asked to give to God. And that people say, well, what's the sacrifice of praise? Praise isn't a sacrifice. It is when you're suffering. Apostle Paul writes to thank God in all things. He says, give God thanks in all things. Second Thessalonians chapter 5. Give God thanks in all things because um, this is his will concerning you in Christ Jesus. In all things meaning bad things as well. When you give him praise, in when things go wrong, Uh, With the death of a loved one, how could you give God praise? Because you give glory to him by praising him and saying, Lord, I'm I'm broken, I'm devastated, I, I can hardly handle this suffering, but I believe you are God, I believe you're in control, I believe that nothing happens that you don't permit, and if you permit it, you permit it for my good, even though I don't understand it. So I praise you for the God that you are. See, that's a sacrifice because your heart is breaking. But that is the sacrifice of praise. We need to praise him and love him in all things and offer our lives, as Paul says in Romans 12, a living sacrifice because this is our reasonable and acceptable service. There's the music for our break, beloved. We'll take your calls as soon as we return in your emails and your texts. Call in toll-free. Our lines are wide open.
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, and we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Put your pro-life convictions into action and stand out for life every Saturday morning, wherever you may be. We'll be broadcasting live 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern, hosted by myself, Jim Havens, and Father Stephen Imbarato as we stand out live on location. But this is more than a broadcast. It's a call to action. Grab a pro-life sign and publicly take a stand outside of a local abortion center or any high traffic area like an exit ramp, overpass, or street corner. And as you do, listen to the Stand Out for Life broadcast. If you're in the Eastern Time Zone, stand out from 9 to 10 a.m. and listen live. But if you're in a different time zone, the broadcast is easily available to you via podcast shortly after it airs on the iCatholic Radio app. So you can stand out and listen anytime that is most convenient for you. The main thing is that we all take at least an hour to stand out for life in public witness every Saturday, even if it's just sitting on the front porch holding a pro-life sign. Whatever you can do, we all must take a part in public witness for the end of abortion. God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And you are welcome to call in. This is our half hour together. So call in or text with anything on your heart, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have Dee on the line from Rochester. Hello, Dee. Good morning, Mother. Thank you Good for morning. taking my call. Sure. Yes. Um, uh, should I go ahead with my question? Yes, ma'am? please do. Okay. Go ahead, Dee. <laughs> um, I'm. I had heard uh, that. Um, Pope John Paul II had uh, given a blessing with the bishops that uh, Sister Lucia had said was the accomplishment of the request by Our Lady of Fatima. Would you have any any uh, uh, take on that? I I, I, I have a bit of a take on it, but uh, it I am no authority on this. Uh, the, the problem, um, as Father Linus points out is that uh, it was with the bishops, but Russia was not specifically mentioned. It was the consecration of the world. Um, On the matter of Lucia, Sister Lucia saying that Our Lady accepted it, um, there's quite a controversy on on that and on on Sister Lucia that I I don't want to uh, bring up right now. Anybody can do a search on the web and 
and and take a look. Uh, but um, the understanding is that um, it has not been accomplished because, although it was with the bishops, uh, Russia was never mentioned. Oh. Uh, simply it was general on the world. I saw the film on that. I saw the video on that mm-hmm. consecration. And uh, our John Paul II never mentioned Russia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it is thought that that consecration is not yet accomplished. Mm-hmm. And okay, Russia well, certainly not converted. So uh, that's almost uh, a confirmation that it wasn't done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, okay, thanks for all that you do, and, and you have my prayers, and I hope we have yours, too. Oh, you have mine, Dee, and I'm so grateful f- uh, uh, for yours. Thank you. Okay, have a good day. Okay, thanks. Lisa from Maine. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Mother Marion from Massachusetts, but that's okay. How are you? <laughs> oh, I said Maine. You know, when I see okay. M-A, I think <laughs> Maine. <laughs> Maine would be M-E, Massachusetts. Thank you. Hey, Thanks, Lisa. Enough, right? yeah, well, a <laughs> little bit, a little bit, dear. Go ahead with your question. Um, Mother, I had a quick question. Um, I, I'm enrolled in the scapular, and I say the, the prayer every day, you know, the one, my God, in union with you, my the heart of Mary, and it goes on. Wonderful, wonderful. My question wonderful. is, if you say, thank you, if you say that, in that prayer in the morning, I was listening to your conversation with the scapular, do you still, throughout the day, offer up every suffering, or does that kind of, in a sense, Silly way of morning, or does that cover you for the day? And Mary takes that prayer and offers up all your sufferings, or do you have to specifically say what they are? Yes, does that make any sense? Yeah, it makes 100% sense. And you're right, when you offer yourself and and almost any morning offering, uh, you're giving yourself for the entire day through the Immaculate Heart of to Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, for our joy, sufferings, all of that of the day. So, yes, it counts for the entire day. Um, but it, it'll count for everything, for sure. Um, but I think that at least we should have it in our heart to um, how do I to offer this to God uh, through our sufferings throughout the day, not scrupulously, you know, and uh, not that they, those sufferings won't count if you don't say it. But I think it helps us. Uh, and if you're living with the brown scapular and you make that offering, it's probably the offering of your heart all day. That's the idea, to keep our mind to heaven, that all we do should be transformed into um, penance, uh, into good for eternity and for souls. That's the idea. And so if someone has a scapular um, and, and makes that offering in the morning for the day, it's just fine. Um, the way you, I hear you, Lisa, uh, your heart is probably with God throughout the day. There are others who, whose heart is not there because they haven't had that grace and they may make a morning offering and then forget God exists during the day, you know? So it really depends that the idea is that we, we make the offering and we don't forget about it. I don't think you do. Um, but that our whole heart is toward God that day. And when we keep um, bringing each little thing to him, uh, here I'll go back to the example of it. There's no should in this, Lisa, but I I go back to the example of a child because we're children uh, of God and and it's the same way in the sense. A little child says to you, your seven-year-old has the scapula now making the offering and offering his whole life for the whole day to God. And then uh, he comes back and he's met a friend outside and, and the friend um, 
um, somehow he uh, uh, pushed his friend down. They were riding, they were playing, and he pushed his friend down, and friend got a little hurt, and he got a little hurt, and, and he comes back, and he said, there's no problem, Mom, it was just an accident. Uh, we both love each other, and I offered it to God. You see, it's, you wouldn't say to him, but you already did that this morning. You would be thrilled that he related that to an offering to God, that through the day it really took hold of his heart. That's the idea. Total sense. Okay, and then uh, the other question I had is that, Matthew, I'm, I'm enrolled in the um, Our Lady of Mount Carmel scapular. Is it, is it, can you wear, I mean, I know there's a blue scapular, the green scapular. Can you wear more than one scapular, or is that just not really appropriate or the thing to do? I don't know, actually. Uh, I... I don't, I never thought of wearing more than one. Um, uh, my goodness, um, we have uh, started uh, the Benedictine Oblates of uh, Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, and when we make our oblation, we're going to give those who are with us uh, Benedictine Oblates, so uh, Benedictine scapular, and they might already be wearing Our Lady of Carmel. I don't think it's a problem. I don't know uh, liturgically if there's any problem, but I don't think it is. So many people wear 20 little um, saint medals around their neck on a chain, and a medal is really the same thing as a scapular. In fact, um, scapulars are normally made of wool, and in warm weather it's, it's permitted to wear a little medal instead of the scapular. Um, and so I think you could wear as many as you wish. That's my thought. Uh, I, I don't imagine that the church would uh, disagree with that, but it would be something that um, to look up. Okay, great. Well, thank you. Have a great day. You too, Lisa. Thanks for your Thanks. call from Massachusetts. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. You too, sweetie. God bless you. We have an email from Antoine who writes, Mother Miriam, I heard during one of your earlier programs that someone named Dolores has encouraged the use of holy water to bless our homes and perhaps our neighborhoods, uh, too, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. And our children and ourselves. Um, With that being said, is it possible to use an ordinary bottle for holy water? Absolutely. We take uh, gallons here from uh, the supermarket of water that we buy, and when they're empty, we fill them with holy water. Absolutely not a problem in the world to use anything at all uh, for holy water. Yes, yes. Make sure they're clean. That'll help. Um, But yes. We have an email from Joyce who writes... Hello, Mother. I came upon your show by divine providence. I'm so glad, Joyce, and I, too, am here by divine providence. We all are. I'm so glad you say that. It's wonderful to hear the truth of our Catholic faith from you and hearing answers that are based on our faith and not opinion. You were talking about how our faith is being demoralized in these times of panic and the fact that our shepherds are not tending to their flocks. Now, when I see, you are right, I did say that, and um, and we all understand that when we say such things, it does not. We're talking in general, uh, more than not, uh, but we're not speaking of every individual shepherd. Thanks be to God. Um, Joyce goes on to say, I wanted to say that to me, when the Vatican II made all the changes to the Mass, and I'm not talking about the changing it to English but that the tabernacles will move to the side, the priest faces the parishioners, and Holy Communion is taken in the hand in many parishes. I cringe when I need to attend a Novus Ordo Mass 
due to a funeral or baptism. The lack of reverence for the holy sacrifice of the Mass astounds and saddens me. Joyce, my heart is right with you. I'm, my heart sinks even as I read what you're writing here. Joyce says, Mother, I do not feel that the Novus Ordo Mass, um, uh, Novus Ordo, O-R-D-O Mass, uh, means the new order, the new order. Um, I saw one church has traditional Novus Order. There's no such thing. It's either traditional or it's Novus. It can't be both. Novus means new. If it's new, it's not traditional. So, Mother, I do not feel that the Novus Ordo Mass, though I know it is valid, is how God intended us to praise and adore him as we should. Your thoughts. Well, I simply agree with you, Joyce. I think that communion in the hand is a desecration of the most holy sacrifice of the Eucharist and is uh, the devastation of uh, our faith. And that's how you have today in the middle of this epidemic that communion is served uh, only in the hand in most places and denied on the tongue. That's a sacrilege that is uh, absolutely against our Lord and the bishop's and priests who are doing this do not understand, as Cardinal uh, Burke said, that um, no one has the power or right to change that. No one has the power or right to change it. Um, let me just say, um, tabernacle. Let me just say that the tabernacles, Vatican II did not teach that the tabernacle should be moved to the side. They did not teach that the priest could face the parishioners rather than Christ uh, and so forth. But they gave the options and that was, that was the devastation. They had the options to do that and the church went wild with that. And um, uh, is Vatican II to blame? People say it's not. It's what happened after Vatican II. Um, uh, I can't see that the fruit of something is, is not, the, the something is to blame for its fruit. Uh, Jesus said, you shall know us by our fruits. Um, so I, I, I think it's obvious now that whatever went wrong with Vatican II went very, very wrong for the church. Um, we have a call from Mary from Ithaca um, uh, in New York. Ithaca, hi, Mary. Oh, hi. I, I'm back again. But I never finished. It's okay, sweetheart. It's, it's okay. I know I had to cut you off yesterday. It was the end. Go ahead, Mary. That's okay. That's okay. Now, one question. I do have a couple, but one, Our Lady, when I do my rosary, the Assumption of Our Lady, I say that Mary died in Ephesus. But I heard a priest say once that she was in Jerusalem during the Holy Days, and that's where she died. You know, um, I haven't even thought about that one. Um, her house, uh, Was you know, I, yeah, I'd have to look that up. I, I don't know. I don't know. I would, okay. I would think Jerusalem, but I don't know. I'd have to think, think it's a simple fact that we would know, but I don't. I'd have to look that up. I'd have to yeah, look that up. But the church does teach the. Yeah, the church, go ahead. Well, the other one, you know, I'm the one that has the beautiful daughter-in-law that's so Christian. That's, and I uh-huh. told her twice, she's Jewish, and I told I her know. twice that she would make a beautiful Christian. Yes. And she laughs, you know, 
but she does such good things. You know, I was at an auction at the Catholic school, and I won an iPad. That was the door prize. And I said to the fellow that gave it to me, was an old man, I said, what do I do with this? And he said, well, your grandkids will teach you. Yeah, how funny is that? All right, Mary, hold on, because that's the break music, sweetheart. Don't go away, and we'll come back to you right after the break, all right? Um, and anyone else is, will have a good 10 minutes. You're welcome to call in as well. Um, at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, and email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We'll be right back. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the Internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Are you ready for full contact Catholicism? This is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show. Each weekday we're talking about the things that matter to Catholics. Spiritual warfare, Marian devotion, tradition, and staying strong in your faith in this culture of death. I hope you'll join us. Give us a call during the show at 888-526-2151. It's the Terry and Jesse Show. 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Heard around the world on the iCatholic Radio app. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Some people say that the solution to the abortion problem is to change people's hearts. In fact, that's the solution to every problem. But because there are those whose hearts have not been changed, there also have to be laws to restrain their heartless activities. The law also influences hearts and minds. Whether regarding abortion or anything else, both hearts and laws must be changed. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved to Mother Miriam Live. I am she. I'm delighted to be with you. We have 10 minutes left to the program with our lines wide open. We have Mary on the line. And if anyone else would like to call in, one 511 Are you still with me, Mary? Yes, my dear. 
All right, let me let me just in, I know, sweetheart, but let me make this one thing uh, brief before you make your point brief. I looked up uh, uh, the place of our Blessed Mother's death during the break, and apparently it has not been officially uh, proclaimed by the church. It's it's exactly what you said. Some say Ephesus, some say Jerusalem. Jerusalem is favored. Um, she did live with John in Ephesus, but. Um, it said, just as you did, that she may have gone back to Jerusalem for a feast day. And so, again, there's a tomb at the foot of Mount Olives and also um, uh, Mount Zion. So it could be one place or the other, two places that are known to be the tomb of Mary. But it's one Ephesus, one Jerusalem. So we may not know till heaven, but Jerusalem is favored. So I'm glad you uh, had me look that up. Now I know a little more, too. I, when I say the decade, I say Jerusalem or Ephesus, Lord, where she How died. Cute. You know. Okay, very good. Now, uh, one, a quick thing. Oh, and I won that iPad, and I didn't have time to get on that thing. And I asked my daughter, "Who should I give it?" She said, "Give it to Anthony." Now, Anthony married, you know, my back of my Jewish daughter-in-law, and so I gave it to him. And then I ended up in the hospital in Rochester because I had to have a pacemaker. And I get this beautiful thank you note from my daughter-in-law saying, Oh, Mary, you are the greatest mother-in-law and the best grandma for our children. And then she says, And thank you for Anthony. Now they were married twelve years. That's good. They just got married. Mary, sweetheart, I, 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 I love you. I could be on the phone all day with you, and your stories are wonderful, and your heart is beautiful. But we have another caller, and we have emails. So I'm going to let you go. But that was she said. You know, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. If you can, if you can, get her a book. I'll write down that other question for next time. But I shouldn't get on because I talk too much. I know you do, but that's because you're a New Yorker, and I love you. New Yorkers talk too much. I'm one also. But, you know, write down the title of a book, Honey from the Rock. Honey from the Rock. It's the ending of Psalm 81. Honey from the Rock, 16 Jews who entered the Catholic Church. One day you can give this to your beautiful Jewish daughter-in-law and say, read this. These are all Jewish people who think the most Jewish thing to be is to be Catholic. And you will tell her that she'll see why you think she's so Catholic. Again, sister? Honey from the Rock. Honey from the Rock. Because I got salvation by the Jews. Salvation is from the Jews. Roy Shulman, it's the same author. Oh, good, good. Okay. Get that one. Honey from the rock. Honey from the rock. Okay. God bless you, Mary. God bless all you do, my dear. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Um, We have another caller on the line who's calling in anonymously. Hello. Hi. How are you, Mother? I'm terrific. Thank you, dear. Wonderful. My question is, what do you do when your spouse doesn't want to go to the traditional mass? You beat him up. What do you think you do? (laughs) <laughs> when, when you have that opportunity to go, but mm-hmm. they don't want to go, mm-hmm. and, and so we've been going to, to 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 mass, and we don't receive communion because they've been giving communion in the hand. I know. And your husband won't receive communion in the hand either. No. Okay. Good. Your is your husband? Your husband is Catholic. Yes. Okay. 
Um, has he ever been with you to the traditional mass? Yes, but he just doesn't understand. Okay, but um, what if you say, sweetheart, I know you don't... uh, Well, you know what you could do? Um, There are beautiful videos and books that explain the Mass. He didn't grow up with it, so he's not going to understand it. But there are beautiful videos and books that explain the Mass, and you might be able to get one of those for him. Um, but you could also say, honey, um, what if we just go to the traditional Mass during this epidemic so that we could receive our Lord? Because they will only serve our Lord on the tongue. There's no Latin Mass parish that I could imagine that would serve communion on the hand. And so um, we go here to the Latin parish, um, and it's only communion on the tongue. So say to him uh, very lovingly, uh, not emotionally, and say, sweetheart, I know you don't want the traditional Mass uh, on a normal basis, but how about our going during this coronavirus situation so we can at least receive our Lord? Okay. Um, I I did mention it to him this past weekend because it was Pentecost. And I really wanted to receive communion. I didn't I didn't say it exactly how how you're telling me, uh, but I did you know ask him if we could go, and I just you know left it at that. But he said, the- "Why don't you go over there, and I'll just go to this mass." But I didn't want to to be separated either. Oh, wow. And you didn't mention the, the matter of being able to receive communion on the tongue at the Latin Mass. I did, yes. Oh, you mentioned that? Yes. Yes. He knows. Oh. He knows hmm. why. He knows the uh-huh. reason why. Yes. Do you yes. have children at home? I do, yes. And they go to Mass with you? Yes. How old are they? Um, 18 and 17. Wow. And my daughter also refuses to, my daughter refuses to, to receive communion in the hand. Well, you know, I think this is really rough, but say to your family, the thing is you're, you try to do it. Um, without too much emotion. And say to your family, you know, I've been suffering going with you to the Novus Ordo all this time. But, um, and I'll continue, I don't want us to be divided as a family, but to be denied the Holy Eucharist, uh, is that's too painful. That's above board. So I want us all to go to the traditional Mass and I'm going to go there during this pandemic. I'm going to go to the traditional mass so I could receive our Lord. And I invite everyone to come with me. Uh, and if you don't, uh, that's your choice. It's not a problem. But I don't want to be refused our Lord. Our Lord has not intended for us. He never intended communion on the hand. And he has not intended cl- churches to be closed and all of that it's it this is uh this is government control which the church has given over to them 
and no one has any right to do it, but they've done it. And so um, I would say to your family calmly, I love you all, um, but for us to be denied communion is, is, that's our Lord. It's above what is thinkable. And I love you all. I will go to the traditional Mass and receive our Lord on the tongue. And I would love all of you to come with me. And if you don't, don't worry about it. I'll see you back home. I would do that. It's one thing for the church to impose restrictions on us that they have no right to impose and keep us from the Eucharist, but the family should not do that. Okay, Mother. Okay. Thank you so much. You're you're welcome, sweetheart. There's our closing music, beloved. That's a hard one. Some questions are not so easy, uh, and I'm sure many of you would disagree with me, but that's what I think we put God above all. We'll be with you tomorrow. Um, Love God and love your neighbor and your family.